At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Good evening, Riffers. This is Riffs and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast, where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules and haunts your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, and the Dungeon Master of Riffwake. And I'm Remy, a player of Riffwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk about magic in Darst. Magic, so, yay. <laughs> So, unfortunately, this is Nathan's last week recording full-time with us, as he does have to begin his mandatory military service as a citizen of Singapore. So, we're still keeping going, but with this being his last week, we decided to just get the things that he most wanted to talk about uh, out onto the show. So, Nathan, when we're talking about magic in Darst, the hell is that? Intro, what? <laughs> Ah, on our other show, Riftwake. Oh yeah, Nathan, <laughs> myself, and some friends play in a D and D homebrew world created by Nathan Darst, and in doing so, Nathan has made quite a significant amount of homebrew about how he uses magic in his world. Ooh. So yeah, that Nathan, right, that uh, that thing I do every <laughs> other week. <laughs> uh. I remember so, now. With that introduction, <laughs> then, what is different for Magic and Dust? Now you can list things. All right. Okay. All right. What's up? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so let us, um, let's go with the fun stuff, shall we? And, um, Riff, like... Early on in the show, the party is actually shown this, um, shown the potion of resurrection, a revival, as it were, if I remember. And, but Nathan, uh, why would one need a potion of resurrection? Right, uh, fun bit about all that, uh, easy quality of life, uh, if you die, uh, it's nothing much, just get yourself a cleric and you'll be, you'll be fine, just get a, you know, get that cleric. You know, come back from the dead, do dee da da, and you're back. Whoa. Well, in Riftwake, um, I hate everything. Every the world hates you, and you can't come back. So, no resurrection. Fuck you. Uh, I believe "fuck you" would be the proper. I guess. All right. So you made a potion. So yeah. you said a singular potion. Yes, singular. So, um, the fuck do I say? <laughs> Dude! Ah, so you made this singular thing. It was really expensive, hard to find, yada yada. Intrigue that I was able to do. Dude, talk about what you did. Right, so essentially, the Ponty came across it by uh, intercepting what would be a strong, like, wouldn't be the word, but it's kind of what intercepting the potions uh, transfer. Uh. Coincidentally killing everyone who was involved in the transfer. Uh, 
I've, you know, unprovoked mostly. Okay. Don't need to talk so much about that. Moving right along. Okay. <laughs> uh, ignoring that, um, the the party um finds this potion, and they either reading some documents or talking to the guy that they trusted or something along those lines. I can't quite remember. It's been fucking years. Um, they realize that this potion can resurrect people, and at this point, it's already been established to the party that resurrection isn't really a thing in Riftwake, right? And so it's clearly clear how valuable this is, and it's that spoiler alert. Uh, this is probably gonna be used on someone important, right? So the party takes it and are chased down by uh the person who has an interest in uh you like selling this thing. But let's talk about a potion. So the potion essentially is a single-use item that can be used to resurrect someone. The party eventually uses it on a fucking girl. Uh fucking waste, honestly. Why the fuck Nobody would you use it? Why would you use it on a girl? Like like you could use it right on, thing to do. That's on a, why. On a pet dog. You could use it on your pet com you could use it on a on a big bad evil monster or something. This it, is why we're glad that magic is not. But you go ahead and use it on a fucking girl. Anyways, that's beside the point, right? So yes, the party right, uses uses it on the girl, and yeah, it's all used up. It's all gone. No more resurrection for anybody. So that's fun. But let me give a bit of backstory on that potion and health potions in Darst. So the three of the Darstian health potion is kind of related to the. It's merely a weaker version that was created in the attempt to emulate the Darcyan potion. So, the exact- I mean, the, the resurrection potion, sorry. So, the exact story goes along the lines of, um, there was a orcish, um, potion maker, right? And he essentially finds, like, a, a bunch of artifacts while searching, uh, a couple of ruins, um, in the Azran Desert at some point, eventually moving to uh, where the Orcish camps currently are uh, later on after he's done that. And he just, like, tink tinkers tries to mix it with some of his potions, and then he works on a thing. Um, the potion has some odd effects where merely, like, uh, using a drop could uh, more or less heal mortal wounds at great ease. And slowly he explores this, makes other copies and other batches and stuff, and eventually, um, through this like kind of testing process, he realizes that um, if he concentrated its power, it might be able to resurrect someone. So he tries this at some point on uh, when a comrade of him in battle. Uh, what happens is that it goes horribly. Um, the first attempt. The guy more or less just comes back to life as a flesh blob explodes and guts everywhere. It's horrible. Right. And after um, testing, he realizes that what essentially is happening is that uh, to exchange something for uh, Resurrective property. And, um, essentially, after some uh, trying around, he realizes that it's, it's best to use children to, um, give that energy, you know, because they're all oh, young. Fucking full of, course. Full of energy. Gotcha. So he, after adding a couple children to the recipe, as one does, uh, he has arrived at the final product. It's great. Um, but, Along this process, Sul realizes that using a concoction high-vitality plants and herbs, you can create a similar effect that doesn't require uh, people to die for it. 
And um, in fact, he does end up saving. Right. Uh, might not exactly um, be, you know, clear him of all that child murder, but you know, um, it's better than nothing, eh? <laughs> Debatable. So, more or less, here's the uh, quote, like the the recipe, right? Uh, it requires ash leaf, powdered gold, the bark of silverwood, and blood fruit. So. I've not really gotten into any detail as to what these elements really, majority of them can be found in the elven forests, right? But go into detail on blood fruit, right? Uh, because it's just like a little tidbit that I found like quite fun uh, to write about. And maybe you, you might like it in your own world, like uh, in the future when you're doing your own thing. So there's this lake called the Dragon Blood Lake. The reason why it's called the Dragon Blood Lake is because it turns red. You know why it turns red? Because part of the blood fruits um reproductive cycles in it bursting and then sending like red fluid everywhere that looks kind of like blood a lot of blood fruit tends to grow around the dragon blood lake and has a very intense red dyeing property and so red potions uh, -huh. uh and also the lake turns red at a certain time every year so i mean it's it all ties back to um like you know, this kind of idea of world building and having everything sort of like uh, tied together in the ecology and whatnot. And uh, I, I just find it fun. Uh, it's, it's a cool element. So the weaker version is... Give me a sec. Okay. So the process of manufacturing it is essentially like um, you buy the ash leaf, you make it into a paste, you go and mix it with gold because gold has alchemical properties and then like there's a bunch of other shit that i won't go into detail because it's a bit long but more or less you kind of mix it all up into a syrup and then this syrup can be used to make the potion right it's it's all from concentrate concentrate yeah so what would happen if you ate the concentrate you you have bad diarrhea that's that's i mean it 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 will work, but but you 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 wouldn't like it. It'd be too strong. But um, leave that to sweeten the drink because uh, it's fucking bitter. Okay, blood fruit is like potions and stuff, and a lot of foods because it's like a very solid, very plentiful sweetener, as one might expect, because it's enough to essentially dye a fucking lake red, right? So you have a lot of it, and it's to make. The potion a lot more pa palate palatable. Yes, that that's the word. Yeah, a lot more palatable because uh, big thing about potions, you you're mixing a bunch of fucking herbs and shit together. I mean, in real life, most people dislike such things, especially the bitter kind. So yeah, ah, this works. So they use it, and henceforth, pretty pretty red color. Yay. And that's more or less the long and short Tharstian health potion. Have you changed the numbers any of what the regular type potions are able to heal? No, I'm fucking lazy. What do you expect? <laughs> All right. So you just put way more thought into the lore of the potions in your world versus any kind of fiddling with the mechanics. Yeah, because I thought it'd be cool. Yeah. All right, so what other kind of stuff is different? Okay, let's talk about magic items. So, have you ever played a game where you can <laughs> enchant a weapon with like, oh, I, I, I put this gem into it. Oh, it now has a plus 10% attack bonus. Uh, good old fable. Or something like that, right? Now, imagine where this is basically the standard, but... We've not really invented the uh, ability to do such yet, but you have all these gems and enchantments on weapons, right? And this is... Okay, let me just give you the long and short. It's a big fucking excuse for me to be like, ah, you want any magical weapon? Fuck you, you can get it, you know? Um, <laughs> Fuck. I'm oh, sorry, that's just a phrase right there. Yeah, yeah because uh, it's pretty much a case where I don't give a shit, right? I don't, I don't care what... Well, like okay, and where I'm like ah yeah uh -uh. that's that's a bit too much <laughs> right like like you know there might have been a certain weapon that allowed you to cast three cantrips at very high power you know. Nuh uh 
totally fine. Nothing wrong yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, so about that. So, what is it that makes a Darstian magic weapon so powerful? So, there's these things called shards. Now, shards are essentially um, crystallized divine power, and how you get it? Killing an exemplar. And but, what's an exemplar? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that later. It's a, it's a bit long. So, <laughs> essentially, like, 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 real quick before we get into the example a bit later, it is an exemplar. Long story short, kind of a demigod, not quite. But let's talk about shards. Um, All right. shards essentially think of them as crystals filled with magical power. So. The lore way that it works is that um, your weapon or whatever thing you're making uh, needs to be inscribed with uh, runes and um, inset with these gems to essentially give it its power. People who are able to do this are called rune workers. Makes sense. And like, there's a couple tidbits such as, like, for example, uh, the kind of language that you carve these runes have, um, like, different effects. For example, dwarven runes take up more space, but are able to unleash, like, basically brute force the power, right? And runes are more delicate, where you are able to essentially use it to do more intricate, um, not, not really with it, like, for example, a fucking, uh, weapon made of glass and keep and have that work right for example still from the show is a rune worker and he exclusively works in glass is there any kind of advantage to glass or is that just his much his stick that that's that's like that's their like uh pretty much is that kind of like oh look it's a good way to you know do a brand right because you essentially just have this look to things that is actually pretty hard to execute because like you you need a lot of skill to make things look a certain way in glass. Like uh yeah, it's not it's not exactly easy. But that's pretty much that. Um as for like for example, uh or you can create incredibly intricate um magical uh items that use very fine tuned uh, magical properties and whatnot. And that that's like essentially the the core idea of how like these different elements play into the room working, but it's just all lore. Um, but it's it's a cool cool thing. No, right? And uh, essentially, it's just how uh things are done. Like how magic is casted. Uh, you can basically be like, um, oh yes, this uh prison. Ah, there's there's a certain magical effect. Okay, there's this there's probably this physical thing over there maintaining effect somehow. You know. Probably because it's just easier to do it that way than to have like a um someone cast that effect there for a very long period until it becomes permanent. Because when you have the easier thing, it's probably cheaper to um you, you do that. So yeah, so that's so if you're having some big thing fueled by like what do you mean by having some big thing powered by it? Like what can you do? Okay, so like let me talk about uh the dwarven city of Dren, right? Big fun thing. Let's talk about the gate. The gate is this fuck off big door. It's 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 a fucking gate. You know, you, you need anything special. Well, they went they went overboard. Um, what it is is essentially this like I I can't quite remember the skill, but of classical big ass fuck. You could fit a like three ele elephants side by side. Walk they could just walk through the door. Be fine, right? That kind of door. It's made of stone. And the cool thing. Is that it has this ability to open and shut so fast that essentially it can close nearly split second, which is if you know how heavy stone is, and that is like um the power of engineering um using shards, where you are able to harness great immense like brute force kind of power, and if there happened to have been people between them they would very much get crushed it would be very bad so let is me if anything that would do a lot of damage or would that count as like an insta kill to you uh, pretty much an insta like 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 it's a fuck you you're dead 
kind of thing. Like rock saw everyone dies. Like like it's it's a the, you you can't survive something so heavy that fast. I, I I don't have to be someone special. Well, like a player character. I mean, we'll, we'll see when when a player character decides to stand there when somebody yeah. activates the crush, and then we have to talk about. It. But <laughs> I mean, hell, like if you like, okay. Survival of adventures is ridiculous. I don't remember. Did we talk before about max fall damage? I'm oh, sure yeah, it must yeah, have I come think, up at I some think point. We once. Like it so max fall damage is 20d6. So that means at most, if every single die rolled the max, 120 damage. Like there are ways that like it's considered bludgeoning damage, so if a barbarian raged right before they hit the ground, it would get halved. I would think like, okay. It, it would just hurt a fuck. Like yeah. that, that that's like, basically that's just a quick just survivability could get very silly in uh yeah. D. But so right. any other cool big projects using shards? Yeah, um there's this um, this cool thing called the uh, the elevator. The um Essentially, it's this way that the dwarves connect their lower city to the, um, imaginatively, you know, um, Undren. Und yes, Dren. Yes, ha -ha. Uh, very, very ha -ha. imaginative. Ha -ha. So, ha -ha. <laughs> so essentially, the elevator is this like massive contraption, right? Nothing like it. Um, and it essentially just it brings people up and down. From the depths, it's uh, rated to carry a hundred people, uh, and it's um, yeah, not recommended to try squishing more on than that. Yeah, because it, 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 somebody was like, you know what, uh, this is incredibly difficult to do. You know what we should do? Let's just we'll, we'll just toss uh what we think will work, and then they eventually will realize, okay, this is about enough, right? And then they just did that. And then didn't add anything more to it. So it is monstrosity of a thing where the kind of feel like most shard powered things don't need to replace their shards because um like shards are think of nuclear fuel um powering something that's not that like like a powering a light bulb. That light bulb is probably not gonna go off for a very long time. That's how it works normally. Because yeah, essentially, so you're saying it's magically radioactive. Not, not really. I'm just saying that's the kind of power you're looking at, right? But uh, you, in terms of just, it's an object that generates energy for some unfathomably long amount of time. Yeah. Then yeah. I, I guess. I, yeah. I mean that that's what wait, radiation. So that's is. okay. Fuck. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if it is radiating energy. Like, are yeah. there side effects of there just being a couple? Nobody knows. <laughs> like, but talking about, like, real quick, there's a slight tangent, but um, if anyone has thought, like, oh, what if we eat it? It's very bad. It's a terrible idea. Don't do it. Um, yeah, essentially, kids, don't eat plutonium. Like, just don't. If uh, somebody consumes a uh, shard, what it does is it thinks that like uh it's something along the lines it thinks that you're its host or something like that it strips you of all magical ability while it's still in your system and then like after it does that it starts to eat away at your life force so essentially if you don't take it out fast you can die and then if you don't if you manage to take it out you will be uh without the ability to use magic for some time uh which was seen on the show when uh Valmir, if i remember correctly ate uh uh, a shard, a piece of yeah. So wait a minute. Wouldn't it be a potentially smart thing though if you made a pellet of shard and then just? I mean, possibly if you don't mind them maybe dying. What does it take for them to die? Is it like an hour or is it like a day or two? Oh no! Like um, pretty much within the first thirty minutes, it will strip you of your magical power if uh -huh. you don't remove it within about two to three hours, you can very quickly die. Oh, okay, so it is hours. Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, it, you're very lucky that Volmia was pretty much near, like, somebody with some magical, like, not magical, like, medical ability to remove it huh. at the time where he ate the thing. So, yeah. Uh, 
So just since I am playing you today, what about if you used it as a suppository? Ah, uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Fuck. You would be able to easily remove it, like, hour in, hour out, hour in, hour out. And that'd probably disrupt their magic enough to not be usable. Okay, so I, I guess that'll work. I guess. <laughs> At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's fun being you. Let's see, what other silly or irrelevant questions can I ask? Uh, okay, so you talked about some of the big constructions of shards. What about, like, on the little side? You were talking a bit about items and weapons earlier. Ooh. But, like, what can, like, the shards of a Darst magic item do? I mean, the, I, if I recall, there was, like, this really, really cool item that... Now dead, but very cool item-ish. Um, rune worker. If I remember, call disintegrator or something like that. Light splinter? No, no. So it was just like essentially a void, like a void grenade or something like that. A very, very concentrated um, shard. Wait, when was this? Arc one. Oh, I don't remember this at all. Yeah, you were okay. at Vanderville. So it's a very concentrated shard of chaos, right? Uh, because well, well versed. Um, Shard users, like room workers, can essentially combine these uh, shards to form uh, stronger shards because yay, um, <laughs> yay magic. But as everyone knows, when dealing with magic, cramming it into us usually has bad and uh, bad results as it has. So essentially, integrator. It's a grenade that unleashes the power of chaos in the fixed radius about it. And guy, because uh, somebody threw back, like, hit the grenade back at him using his tail. Essentially, all of the matter within that radius was mixed up chaotically. Wow. Um, about so flash bone littered about, stuck on the walls. Within them, there's bits of wood and table from the bar that unleashed in. Like, there's an eyeball yeah. here. and <laughs> Yeah, if any of you have seen... Uh... John Carpenter's version. Yeah, basically, it just does a rearrangement of molecules. All it's it's this really fucked weapon that's really powerful, but not exactly something that you want to be close to when it <laughs> unleashes its power. No, I definitely want to see it though. Yeah, so that's like an example of a gnomish ability used for evil, like quote, quote unquote evil, because. That guy was like, um, he, he did dealings with the underbelly, and he was quite skilled at making like really intricate, powerful, small things, like uh, that 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 uh, the disintegrator. I thought it was a disintegrator. I forgot what it's called, but some, something appropriately cool and badass. <laughs> All right. Any other cool shard works? Oh yeah. So let's just go. Just one last one. Um. There are these map nexi, I guess. Um, nexuses within uh in the city of Delmer, right? So think of them as uh, geometrically like 
it's all made out of like triangle faces, but think of them like as huge dice, essentially. Like they, they have solid faces, but they're essentially spheres, right? Like D100, something like that. And they float in these towers around the city. There it's a defense mechanism. And these are all like enchanted with different um, energies and whatnot made by Blackthorn, uh, who is an exemplar. We'll talk about him later. And they essentially are able to blast out these, like a massive beam of magical energy. Think, uh, so when you say massive, big, how big? big like how wide massive. a line? How long a line? Give me numbers, damn it. Okay, it's D &D. so let's say it's about a meter wide beam, like like in uh, diameter. Oh, dude, like D and D, five foot line. I I I I I I you know, metric is my thing. You know, <laughs> you know. Anyway, how far? Um, as far as the eye can see, because it's a laser. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, and does it just hit the first target, or does it just keep going? Like, it, it's basically like... It, or is it like it, Lightning Bolt, where it's all creatures in the line make a save? No, it's more like uh, it blasts through the first thing, and then it will obliterate the first thing, then move on to obliterate the second. Think of it as a fucking <laughs> okay, giant so laser. Like the, so it's like the old-time cleave rules, then. For example, like if it did, let's just say, 100 damage, then mm -hmm. it would just like incinerate the first person like like this this HP. kind of the incinerate. weapon let me so let me like give people. you an idea as to what it's designed for it's designed is designed to pretty much one shot a battle demon okay yeah because like delma is the, um all the demons from like in 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 um in my setting that there, there was a demon war and that city was where the closest one to Dang. two hit points on average. Think, think of it as a concentrated nuclear power. Everything is broken. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so actually, you. before we move off from magic items, though, there is one more mm -hmm. that I just feel just has to be talked about as much as I have a personal bias against it. Sure. Light Splinter. Ah, Light Splinter. The legendary... Tell the tale of the legendary Axe Light Splinter. The legendary Axe Light Splinter. It is a great axe, powered by the power of, like, um, like shards enchanted with force. Um, Gareth was given this as a level one character, uh, level one, <laughs> level two character. Uh, let me the the damage it does. So it does like uh, it deals two d twelve, uh, damage. The way it works, like in 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 lore, is that you first dice of damage and then. The enchantment essentially sends like this explosion of force, which like moves it a bit more with the same amount of force, essentially like the same kind of force. And think of it as like a do kind of attack, right? So in other words, it's a rocket hammer, yeah. but an axe. Yeah. <laughs> you said two d twelve damage when it actually. Yep. And okay, so. What is this then? Very rare item, like twenty thousand gold, somewhere around there. I think I gave it to Gora for like six hundred. <laughs> you did, you did it. <laughs> Bullshit of a weapon. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, fun, and 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 the yeah. Wait, undoubtedly it wasn't it also a plus one. So it's plus one so. and two d twelve. Yeah, yeah, that. So the equivalent of. Okay, so there's the Flame Tongue Greatsword, which is normally 2d6, so 1d12 is about the same. I know, close enough. <laughs> then also a plus one, which would be an uncommon magic item. So this is a rare item and an uncommon item smushed together, and you gave it to him for 600. You know how it be, sometimes uh, it's real cheap, uh-huh. <laughs> uh... A weapon that could possibly... No, actually, yes, it can definitely one-shot almost any normal person. It can and has a few times. It's like, it's actually what I did was I gave the baby a, 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 a like, a fucking rocket one. Bazooka, yes, yeah. <laughs> you did. And then as if that wasn't enough, he kept throwing it at enemies and then having to walk over and pick it up. Problem. 
he got the thrower enchantment, so it comes back to his hand. It is possibly the best weapon ever created. And as if that was then upgraded to a plus two later. It, it, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, it's a bit oh. overpowered, a bit. <laughs> but it's very cool. Very cool. <laughs> I will give it that. That was a cool <laughs> axe. Don't use the past tense on me, Remy. <laughs> oh, I'm using the past tense. It, it's coming. It's going to reappear someday. Someday. Nah, I changed my plans a couple of days ago. Fuck. He deserves it. It, it will be remembered. Okay, let's <laughs> it, move on. The best part is Caden will never hear this. Yeah. <laughs> it's out there. It just won't. Anyway. So, Fun uh, magical possibilities with shards before we move on. Magical possibilities with shards. Um, not quite, but yeah. Alright, so what's next about just unique magics and darts? Let's talk about exemplars. Alright, the fuck's an exemplar? A magic man, no. <laughs> so uh, an exemplar is someone that has uh, done something great or impressive um, to exemplify a, a concept, right? And what this does for them is that it gives them some divine power. Divine and, power? Uh, hmm? Divine power, you say? Yeah, divine power. Go on. So um, let's use Blackthorn as an example. Okay, you said that name a few times. Who's Blackthorn? Blackthorn is the best guy he is very good. He has never wrong. And, except uh, the times he has. Except and the times are real bad. He, he has. So, Blackthorn, he's an old guy. He's 700 years. Nope, not 700. 300, about 300. I can't fucking remember my own mythology. Yeah, he's 700 years old. He's older than the Demon War, which was 600 years ago. Yep. So, lost it, stopped at 600 years ago. So, uh, Blackthorn, he's a pretty spry gentleman. Only, what, 600 years old? 700 years old? You know, as one is. So, he is one of the first few exemplars. He is the exemplar of magic. And uh, he's a wizard. Notable things he's done. Uh, save the entire continent from a possible death. Um, Say what now? A ton of people. Hold Sorry? On. How do you save a continent? Ah, you know, the, Remember, the easy... Use words to tell the stories, right. Nathan. He, he saved the an continent. Entertain <laughs> an entertainment. Okay. So, he saved the entire continent the easy way, as one does. Opening a big portal, teleporting the entire continent to a different dimension, and then plopping it into the ocean there. Very fun. Very good. Very easy. Right? As one just mm -hmm. does. He did adequate calculations that water. Enough calculations, nobody cares. A couple lives, you know. A hundred thousands. <laughs> so, um... Okay, so... You're still yeah. given a lot of proper nouns, so could you dig in a little more? So you said he's the exemplar of magic, but what does that actually mean? Like, what... Like, what is it? Like, what is their responsibilities? Like, what does it mean? What are responsibilities? So, Blackthorn... He's the example of magic. He is responsibilities he has. Uh, uh, he he powerful, I guess. Uh, okay, let people. me just ask more direct questions yeah, to get to drag these damn details out. How does one the exemplar of magic? Maybe a small part might have um been a small. No, not very significant reason as to why the demon was started. Uh, He's uh, one of the people guess, playing with dimensional bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people credit that to create the spell that <laughs> not good. How known is that? Nobody knows it. Ever <laughs> dead. Got it. Got <laughs> Long it. Long dead. He has placed all the blame on someone else. Believes oh, him because everyone who I remember is dead. Is dead. So. That checks out. God damn it, Nate. Okay. <laughs> so, what are the actual benefits of being an exemplar? Like, what does that give you or do to you? Uh, you get bullshit power. Um, so, what I mean by bullshit power is that 
you're functionally immortal. Um, you get a bunch of cool power-ups such as, uh... Sorry, the killable type of immortal. It depends on how powerful you get as an exemplar. Oh shit. Okay, so you can become a true immortal this way. Yeah. So, before I go into more depth, like, on how that the, like, exemplar power system works, I mean... Talk about like a bit more on what like like um he's kind of able to he he basically is capable of using uh, all magic as as is um he like mostly don't apply to him at at the level that he is at but for someone like Corvin who is the exemplar of war not that intense he pretty much has the most physical damage like things so on and so forth. Uh, immunity. Yeah, yeah. Immunity. very cool. Yeah, immunity. Um, he can the regen function, like a regen ability, mm-hmm. where he can regenerate himself. Corvin is this, by by the way, like real quick. Corvin is a dwarf that he fought in, like um, fought in the Great War. He's less old compared to Blackthorn. He's only about three hundred years old, if I recall. Um, and he's famous for killing an entire army of demons, as one does. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I really, I gotta say, like, like moment of exemplification. Because mm. it was just like, you know, he's in this massive battle, demons everywhere. One by one, his squad mates just refuses to let the demons pass him. And so he just becomes the fear of war. And then just, yeah. you know, becomes the exemplar. And then just with that, you know, regen granted to him by that, just does not stop until every demon is dead. Like, Jesus, what a like, like, That is fucking cool, right? Love that guy. Yeah, it's... Like, his backstory is probably one of the cool... Like, Black Thorn is definitely the... Every, like, m- like, majority of the people on the continent are like, oh, he's such a... And then, like, he's he has done probably a lot of fuck shit. <laughs> I mean, he's probably killed more people than are on the continent of Darst. Yeah. (laughs) He's a great guy. (laughs) He's an interesting character, I'll give you that. I would not say (laughs) definition where it's more like great than terrible. Right. But anyway, uh, yeah, so regarding... So, uh, uh, Corvin, that dwarf exemplar that we were talking about, was the mentor of my character, Morse, which is why I know more about his backstory. To um, like uh, the the different power levels now. So there are three different levels. Like I forgot what the naming conventions were exactly. What what do we say it was? Oh boy, uh, I don't. I know it's the spark. Google Doc. Yeah, so the, the spark of spark divinity. Of divinity. Yeah. And I forgot everything else. Uh, let me see here. Uh, spark of divinity, lesser god and greater god. Right. So, what essentially? is what separate these three is one's humanity. So how much one's the petty mortals about them? Um, Actually, hold on. We should take a tangent right here, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Gods. Gods? What are gods? Yeah, what are gods in Darst? What? Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so Darst. Okay, it's a bit hard to explain, but think. Let's, let's just go into it. Gaunts and Darst effectively work similar to 40k, um, the existence slash belief of um, concepts and things uh, gives them power. However, they do not have active consciousness. They are more uh, sources of power that exemplars can pull from. So think of them less as actual beings and more of pools of power, right? So um, I, I was talking to Josh the other day because he needed a, like he asked me a couple questions in relation to this um, for like because he's taking over uh, as the DM for a while, and like there's a couple questions I gave was like for example one of them was oh the uh, you know does commun- communion or whatever that that was uh, to communicate with a god right that that's a fun one because essentially you don't get a reply unless um, there is a active uh, exemplar that is like the god that you are praying to. 
In which case, it could be pretty funny to it. It would just be like, hello, who's this? <laughs> it's like the fucking exemplar picks up. You have reached Carvin. Please leave a message at the beep. <laughs> beep. Fuck off, I'm busy. I'm sorry, not you. Um. <laughs> yeah, so that that's like um one of the things. But functionally, like you, you might ask like why like believe in gods and stuff. We I just use the same rationale as people. Why people still like believing? You know. Well, how- also there's clerics and paladins, which is like that's a thing that some people can point to. Is like, see, yeah, their power must come from divine. Yes. Yeah, even though that is explicitly not the case, it is still argued to be a lot in the tradition. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so, okay, so exemplars are kind of like demigods or like an avatar of a god almost in that they're just Mm, kind of pulling from this pool of divine power. That's how that works? Like, that's actually like probably the easiest way to put it. Okay. So all of the, I don't know, divine concepts or whatever you want to define your gods are. So like they all have an exemplar? Not necessarily requires an individual who exemplifies the uh, concept. So if like there's no one exemplifying the concept, they won't that there won't be an exemplar of that concept. So it's very much a not all things are exemplars, but all things could be exemplar. Huh. I think someone would have been everything at some point for the idea of it to exist. Well, uh, what, what do you mean by that? Sorry. Okay, like, if you have a thousand years of civil, someone would have exemplified greed, someone would have exemplified, like, a thousand years of people, like, for the idea to exist, there must have been the thing. Like, there must be war for there to be a concept of war. So there must have been a person who exemplified, you know, and, like, started the first war. So, like, thing, have someone? I mean, you do have a point in that, but um, the way that Okay, I'm let me trying just... to lead you to say something specific. I, I, I All right, what I was what trying to lead you to, Nathan, <laughs> is the fact that yes, everything might have had an exemplar at points of history. Oh, oh I know, but what they you... can die. Right, I totally remembered that. Ugh, oh. Come on, Nathan. You know, don't don't. You know, anyway, it's your world, man. Just because yeah, I'm here, so... things, it's just I forget to say them. Okay, I so... know, that's why I'm trying to help you, man. I'm trying. Okay, so. Let's go on that, right? On the <laughs> um, very dying part, you know. So, reason, understandably, an exemplar, very powerful. Am I right to say? So, yeah, yeah, you are. So, um, all that power has to go somewhere. So, uh, if uh, it's in them, because if it goes nice. into you, uh, understand as one does when a lot of power. Wait, like. Ever or just like when? Oh no, when when? I, no, actually, there's two two different instances where that happens. Let's oh, talk Jesus. about the first one. The first one is where you gain exemplarhood, but your your body isn't strong enough, or you don't have the mental willpower to to retain this power. Right? You essentially explode into a bunch of shards, and not just that, everything around you is obliterated within the southern range, right? It's pretty horrible, not great. Range. Are you talking a range of, like, what? Like, fireball radius kind of thing? Oh, no, or are you like, talking, uh, like, I'm, hundreds I'm talking, of feet? Like, how, what kind I'm, of damage I'm talking, like, talking? Uh, maybe half a mile or something. Oh, fuck. Like, not good. You, you're talking about, like, all this divine power that would essentially make you insanely powerful just in unleashing itself on all at once. Well, shit. And let me talk about the second kind. The second kind is the kind that, let's forget about size. It destroys everything in that plane. It takes uh, it away. Yeah. So you know on these planes that you've been seeing, where there's like, oh look, this plane is full of plants. Um, this plane, oh, it's uh, all fucked. Well, something must have happened to create it, and um, that's the second. Uh, when an exemplar um achieves like higher states of power they can eventually hit the point where they they cannot control their power or they essentially like they don't want their power anymore and what happens at that point is they are they they essentially implode on themselves and the entire plane is absorbed by 
um, the their their full divine energy coming off them. So this essentially ruins everything. Everyone's fucked. It's horrible. It's great. And I'm guessing this is probably something that the exemplars themselves don't know is possible. I mean, if you knew it was possible, um, you know, you wouldn't be alive for very long. <sighs> because it yeah, essentially requires you to reject maybe. your power, like, prop, like fully reject it. Or, like, once you're at that level where you, you, are, you need to reject your power, or you need to get so powerful that you can't, like, um, the person cannot control it. Which, these two typically don't happen because most exemplars tend to be pre people with pretty strong willpower and, um, like, strong willpower and, like, the ability to contain that power, generally speaking. So, like, this doesn't have realms that you've been seeing in Arc 2 uh, are, are proof enough that that's not always the case. Guys, everything? Exemplars are fucking cool. And have a nice day. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Fine. We're done. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon.com slash Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to a monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit on the subreddit r slash Riftwake Podcast, and you can send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffs A and D rules at gmail.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.